Live from Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio. Because you also do a couple of other fun stuff too in your day job. Yeah, 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 yeah. I so do. Yeah. I want to touch upon all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, there's, a, yeah, yeah. there's a lot to talk about. But first, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. And um, let's see, what's a good like opener? Yeah, what's a good virus movie? Like what's a good like 20 days later? Like right. what's one of your favorite virusy kind of movies? Okay, hey, yeah, okay, my name is Adnan. I'm here uh, with Sammy doing this uh, podcast in this pretty awesome location. Pacific Junction Hotel, shout out. Nice, nice. Uh, so, yeah, like uh, I just made uh, a movie, or I shouldn't say just, it's been like a, you know, uh, like a long journey, but the movie's finally done. Mm-hmm. It's called Altered Skin. Uh, I made it with my friend uh, Abby Pettigreen, my producer. And it's really been just one of those things where like an indie movie, so it's like a pure labor of love. And um, I'm originally from Pakistan, so. I went to shoot the movie there, uh, which was a big surprise for a lot of people. Uh, I took uh, an actor from here, which again was a big surprise. People <laughs> were scared for him, uh, maybe rightly so, but we did it anyway. It's a horror movie, yeah, right? Yeah. Not everybody's supposed to survive to yeah, the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but hopefully, you sub- you don't die while going there. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, so yeah, we made this movie, and uh, you were re- like, I was really inspired by trying to meld two different genres like taking something like a dramatic story like basically a love story between a, 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 a husband and wife who are having like issues or problems but mm-hmm. they're kind of marrying it with this awesome like environment where like all shit is like you know like going to hell and like they're trying to like fix their stuff but then meanwhile everything around them is already burning and then the wife kind of contracts this virus and she kind of goes into a coma so the guy, the husband, who was originally not from Pakistan. He's, he's a white dude. Yeah, he's stuck there, kind of, because he has no other connection to the place other than, like, you know, he, like, fell in love with this girl, and then they were living there. Mm-hmm. And now he's kind of on his own, and also he kind of has to, like, decide, does he love her enough to stay to see her through this, or does he just get the hell out of there? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's that dynamic, and then you kind of marry it with this, like, yeah, this uh, kind of viral outbreak story, much like 28 Days Later, or uh, you know even something like uh, um, something more realistic like a movie like Contagion. Uh, oh yeah, okay. With Steven Soderbergh, where like you know it's very much based in reality, mm-hmm. and there is a component where like there is a drug company that's possibly trying to exploit the situation. So it's that kind of thing, and there's you know there's a conspiracy theory about a reporter who's trying to figure out what's going on. So it's like all these kind of interesting genres. So I try to like kind of layer those on so that it's not just a slasher flick. And that was the cool, interesting part for me, at least. Hopefully it is for people who watch the movie. Yeah, it is a lot. It's very interesting because I mentioned somebody. I was watching like a Pakistani horror film and they're like, those things don't go together generally. No. no. Right. (laughs) So but is you consider it like a horror? Because like I said, you touched upon all those different things. There is the romance between the husband and the wife. You know what I mean? Like it's not a traditional horror in that sense, but I didn't know how else to classify it. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that is one of the cool things about the movie, but also one of the perhaps the slightly difficult things about the movie because like you don't know going in what to expect, and some people really want to know that. Like they want to know I'm going into like an all-out horror movie because that's what I want to see today. Yeah, like if you go see Halloween, you know yeah. exactly what's gonna happen, and the babysitter's done, and there's gonna be knives, and there's gonna be blood. Yeah, for sure. Or even like you know people who watch The Walking Dead, they love that blood and gore and the zombie stuff. But you know. I, I, it's tough. Like for me, I would not personally cl- classify it as uh, a horror movie. And th- it's one thing that my actor Robin, who saw the cut, he kind of pointed this out. This is really like 
it's as much like a, a love story and and like a conspiracy thriller than like a horror movie probably more yeah so so i like conspiracy thriller that's a good way to frame it yeah and and like you know like it seems odd but like my inspiration for that part of the movie was like you know movies like uh michael clayton with george clooney or like even going back to 70s conspiracy thriller so like i i kind of wanted that aspect because like i personally love those kind of movies but then also marrying it with this kind of newer aesthetic and also hopefully like there are other it's kind of pretentious to say that there's other layers in this movie but like there is if you go to that part of the world like you know you can kind of see parallels between like what's going on in the film Mm -hmm. the violence that's on the streets and perhaps what's going on there in real life yeah and people who are trying to exploit that situation for their own gain so you know that's kind of there but like it's not hopefully there for you to enjoy the movie you can just enjoy the movie mm-hmm. because you want to know what is going to happen to these people yeah there's a bit of um i don't know if baggage is necessarily the right word but it's just because it's set in pakistan so that already has a certain amount of connotations it's the same thing if it was set in like new york city right right it has a certain amount of connotations right but unfortunately with pakistan some of those connotations are like negative or like violence right For sure and so yeah. the fact that you have this outbreak and then it's then you compound that by being set in Pakistan, right? You already kind of like you intrigued the listener or like the viewer, right? You're like, "Yo, what's going on, man? I want to check this out." Yeah, because like it's such a different dynamic. Like if if something like that were to happen here, it would completely disrupt the system. Like you know, life on the street or your society would like be really kind of alarmed by it. Mm-hmm. But over there, first of all, like the society is so like uh, kind of uh, structured, like in the way like by c- almost like class or by money that like. The people who are poor or live in those poor neighborhoods, they already deal with so much shit that mm-hmm. like for them would just be like, okay, I got to deal with this now as well. So the people who have money can kind of almost barricade themselves off from all these different problems. So like the nicer areas will perhaps have like more security, more police, their own like guards. They can protect themselves. But like for the poor people, they literally like, you know, if someone catches this disease, they have to decide whether they want to kick this person out of their house or risk being infected by mm-hmm. themselves and the only way to protect themselves or to prevent someone from getting worse is buying this drug and of course this that's patch. also yeah and that's also something that like again like if you have the money you can do it but not everyone has that kind of money right and that's why i think it's kind of interesting too because pakistan is a place where you can kind of see a little more clearly the the rich and poor kind of divide right it's sometimes a little deceptive here in North America, even in Toronto, because sometimes you'll see like a guy like begging for money or something around like a homeless dude on the street. Right. He's wearing, like, wearing Nikes. Yeah. Right. And yeah. you're like, well, are you really that poor? Like, you know, what I mean, because sometimes you kind of do that mental like inventory. You're like, are you really that poor? But in, in places like Pakistan, when you slide into poverty, you're really into poverty. Right. And uh, that's the big thing. Like there there it's it's not so much even a slide. It's a straight drop because there's yes. no <laughs> that's there's a no way safety it, yeah. net from the government or anyone. And, like, really, even just, like, a, a really menial job is hard to come by. So, like, if someone wants to, like, you know, better themselves, it's very hard for them to do on their own. Like, over here, if, you know, worse, you can go maybe work in a coffee shop. Do something, like, to even just restart your life if you've had a bad break. Mm-hmm. Over there, it's super hard because, like, you can't, you can't rely on anyone else to give you any sort of break. Yeah. So, like, the one... The one thing that like is kind of holding you up, if that goes away, whatever it is, your family, like some job, then you can easily like end up on the street. 
as you mentioned, there's a, a virus outbreak in Altered Skin, and you are a visual effects uh, production manager for the strain. Mm-hmm. Strain, of course, is another like virusy kind of like uh, TV show. This, of course, is dealing more with the vampires, kind of that end of the right. spectrum. How much of like working on the strain was kind of influenced, or was any of it influenced at all by the fact that you made another like virus kind of outbreak? I think it's a, it's a bit of a coincidence that like I started working on both projects at the same time. I I actually made the short film for Alter Skin at the time. It had a different title before the strain, and that was how I actually met my producer. It played here at the Canadian Short Film Festival, and that was like a couple of years before the strain. But you're right that like working on a show like the strain the biggest influence for me was uh i don't know if you know but uh, guillermo del toro kind of created that show Mm -hmm. and he like originally was was novels yeah it was novels and then it was graphic novels and then like it it became a tv show uh i think i drew more inspiration like almost from him like seeing and watching him work the way he was like so tenacious about going after stuff and kind of not taking no for an answer Mm-hmm. that like you know i i think again like i i did the first season of strain and once it ended like i kind of just i called my producer and we were kind of waiting for some funding or something to come through or someone to like you know back us but then i, j- I just told him like you know i'm going strain season one is ending in a, in a month and i'm going to pakistan to start prepping my movie mm-hmm and at that time, like, we didn't have our lead. You know, we didn't have, like, but, like, I was just, like, I have to do this now. And part of that came from, like, having that attitude. Like, if you, you kind of have to make it happen. So uh, in terms of influence, that is what w- what the strain meant to me. Obviously, we could never compete with the budget of any of those shows. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, the, the production value comes more from, like, just shooting impacts then, I think. Like, I think if I shot the same movie here like it would not be the same yeah so comment on that what is like the what is like a pakistani film crew like because our crews in toronto for example we work on all kinds of shows so there's like we've worked on incredible hulk with ed norton and things like that so our crews are really like built up and have a lot of experience and things like that uh we have film schools churning out people all the time you know i mean we have a kind of like a film infrastructure right what is it like in pakistan is it like it's 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 quite the opposite. It like there's a lot of like TV there, and by TV, not even that you know super high end TV. It would what you guys would kind of cl- classify as soaps. So it's very static. Like you set up a camera on sticks, and like someone comes into frame, talks, and then leaves. So no one's really used to like really kind of working a set or like a room to like get the most out of it. It's it's there's no shot list. Not really. It's very static, like, you know, and, like, you know, there's not much movement, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, audio is a completely secondary, like, thought for people, because, uh, you know, you can either, like, just fix it in post or have them dub it, or sometimes it just even goes on air with, like, all the glitches, because there's not the kind of broadcast standards that you have here. Mm-hmm. So, it was a huge challenge for me to, A, get a crew that I think could, like, deliver on, on time, because we were working on a very tight schedule. That's the other thing, too, because you are indie, right? So it's not like yeah. you have, like, a luxury of, like, more than one takes and sometimes... You know what I mean? You certain locations, all those kind of things. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, obviously, we had no set, so we were on location. And, like, you know, a city like Karachi, like, it's a huge city, super noisy, dangerous. So, like, you have to, like, just be very careful about 
having people around you you trust mm-hmm. but also you think are competent and also you think who can kind of like do the job fast and if something happens they can like deal with it so it it's it's a totally different set of like criteria for like hiring people over mm-hmm. there. yeah that's <laughs> what i can imagine yeah especially too because i mean like we are also more used to the the bollywood that side of the coin right, right? and right. so they obviously have a entire right. film structure and same very similar to ours where like they can just churn that stuff out and they have count competent crews and all right. that kind of stuff right and i was like oh yeah i've never really heard much about pakistan or like what they uh, export or import or you know what i mean in terms of like film or whatever yeah it's really weird because like over there like there's a really high end of people like very small group who do like you know really high end like commercial work and like you know campaigns for like these big multinational companies and stuff and then there's like a middle tier which is like like i was saying the tv and soap stuff mm-hmm. so the guys who are high end who can churn who can put out stuff that looks as good as let's say a bollywood movie or like a decent hollywood movie they charge a lot of money yeah and you can kind of entice them if you say that hey i can pay you this much but like for me i i couldn't even do that so like i had to source a lot of people from this production house that i had worked with in pakistan doing exactly that doing daytime soap stuff mm-hmm. but i picked out three or four or five people it's like hey i think these guys can work with me and I, I know that my ad he is awesome ad but like i know he couldn't read the script because like he's not that good in english so i just broke down every scene for him, what happens in it yeah and like i was like give me a schedule that works and like you know sometimes he like he couldn't know he didn't remember the characters names and i had to like coach him through just like you know the this is what we <laughs> have to do. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is that, you know, like over there, like you just take for granted that because the, s- the city is so volatile, you can't shoot for more than like a 10, 12, 14 day spell because beyond that, either like some location will fall through, some actor will like say I'm going away or like there'll be unrest in the city. So like you never shoot, you shoot till you, you, you lose something, an mm. actor or location, then you reset a few days later and i was like we can't do that we have to like shoot this in one block and they were just like what yeah and i was like yes we only have my lead actor robin for like you know like whatever 14 days or 20 days and we need to like wrap all of this shit that's crazy and they, yeah and they were like no we can't do it and i was like no you can and it just took a lot of pushing and some luck yeah, I mean, it's it's hard enough to do an independent film by itself. Like, even if you're in Toronto and you're trying to do an independent film and you're trying to make the dollar stretch and you're trying to, right. uh, you know, use, like, a wheelchair for a dolly shot or something like right. that, you can use those kind of uh, ingenuity. Right. But to compound that by going to Pakistan and getting that kind of film crew and still trying to, like, while well, all this ruckus and stuff is going on, just the natural hustle and bustle of a city like that. You know right. what I mean? Like, I'm from Egypt and it's the same thing, right? right. Where, like, yeah. The Cairo is just chaos. Exactly. Like, there's nothing. Like, people don't realize how orderly Toronto is. Even New York City, which seems really chaotic to people, or London, England, right. which seems really chaotic, is actually still quite orderly compared to like third world kind of type right. chaos with bazaars and all that kind of stuff. Right. And what people don't realize is that a huge chunk of population, those parts of the world, have has nothing to do. Like, they don't have jobs. So they're, they're literally hanging around on the street. So if you set up a camera. That, you know, over here, people will just walk by it or they'll even be annoyed by it. They'll, mm-hmm. like, get it off. Yeah. Um, but over there, people will just, like, gather and gather and gather. And, like, we're shooting in a market and there's literally, like, 
I don't know, like 500 people like looking at what we're doing, <laughs> and we have like these handlers. no pressure. Yeah, who are and then, you know, like they see Robin's like, oh, these guys are like from somewhere else, and they must have money. So like, you get people who are like, yeah, this is my area. Like people who are like, you know, thugs or people who belong to certain like organizations. Like, yeah, you need to pay me this much money f- to shoot here. Mm-hmm. And then, like, some other guy will, like, crawl out. He's like, yeah, I, I'm also with this. And you keep going until, like, literally, like, there was, like, you know, like, one of my, my product location managers was like, hey, we got to wrap here in 20 minutes. I can't control this. Because, like, there's literally, like, a group, like, just closing in on us. <laughs> wow. And so it's like, it's like, in that situation, you have to get your actors to act. You have to get your shots. You have to, like, worry about sound. And, like, at that point, you're just like, okay, at this point, I... I need to stop this because I can't guarantee the safety of mm-hmm. my actors. So then you just get the hell out yeah, of there. I can imagine. Was it a conscious choice then to shoot in Pakistan knowing all these obstacles and knowing how hard it would be? Or like, couldn't you have just shot like in Northern Ontario or something and then call it a day? Do you know what I mean? I think like I always imagine like just because sh- if I didn't shoot there, regardless of what high concept this was, it would just be another like viral outbreak movie and just shooting in that l- kind of environment like gave me the chance to like set this movie apart and also give it a cool dynamic because like there's so much more kind of behind the f- or around the frame like if you have this white person married to like this woman from there what is their dynamic what is his relationship to that country how does he interact with people over there like and there's also like you know not to like give away anything but there's a point where like a character calls out our hero as well like here you're just doing this to save yourself you don't give a shit about us like mm-hmm. you're not trying to solve this mystery to like benefit us you just want to like save your wife or do it for your own like kind of mental health to say you're doing something yeah so there was all of that and like i think i i don't think i would have got that if i shot here Granted, it would have been a much smoother shoot, and like I would have probably been like home by like <laughs> nine o'clock at night. Yeah, but I don't think I would have got the movie I I wanted, or that people had not seen before. So the people who are suffering from this uh, virus outbreak, uh, they have a very unique look with the the way their skin on their faces discolored and kind of like uh, they have the teeth and like. How did you arrive at the look for that? Because that's another element now too, right? Like we've yeah. seen a number of zombies and outbreaks and race things and stuff like that so how did you know you've arrived at your look it was tough because i i knew that the uh, prosthetics is not something that pakistan is known for and so i needed to like keep it simple but also keep it unique enough or something that like looks like it 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 could be a real kind of disease and so like uh, i had uh, i kind of used uh my resources because I, I I have worked in that part of the world and like I'm my friends and I was like I need someone who is fast who's cheap <laughs> and who can like who just really loves this stuff and who can kind of like dive in and, and like give me like some looks so I found this guy this kid who's like he, at that time he was like 21 years old 20 and believe it or not he had a full-time job that he couldn't quit so he would sometimes shoot all night with us, then go go to work. Wow! So independent film. Yeah, exactly. And this was while I was still in Toronto. I was like, find some people or do some makeup on yourself. Like, here's the kind of re- I gave him some references. You know, movies like Twenty Eight Days Later and like, uh, uh, what's there's a uh, 
There's a remake of a George Romero movie. I'm kind of Dawn of the on. Dead. Uh, no, the other one with uh, Timothy Oliphant, the Crazies. Oh, the Crazies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like the small town, and yeah. they all come out. And there's a pitchfork, and yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. So I gave him some references on that. I was like, um, I was like, and and a little bit from my short. I was like, just build on this, like, wh- and then he did some tests, and then you know, I was like, this looks okay. Or we'll say, what's the problem? He's like. Problem is, I can't get any of the material you need in Pakistan to actually do this stuff. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So he gave me a list of this like latex and all this stuff, and like you know, like he's like, you gotta bring this stuff with you. So, how do you just get that into Pakistan then? Well, do they know what that stuff is? Because it would look weird, right? Like it would. But the the good thing was like it it, it was surprisingly compact. It was like a bag this big. I mean, it, it you know it was like eleven hundred bucks worth of stuff, mm-hmm. but it, it it was enough. And, like, you know, like, I looked into, like, you know, should we get contacts? But the problem with contacts is, like, if you have, like, if you have someone in Canada or North America doing that stuff, there's a person who literally, their only job is to put contacts in people's eyes. Mm-hmm. And they mo- make sure they're sterile and, like, you know, like, you got to, b- it's people's eyes. Right. But if I was, like, if I take contacts over there, who the fuck is going to put them in their eyes? Like, what if someone goes blind? What yeah, if yeah. So I was like, I can't do contacts. And like, you're shooting out in, like, yeah. locations where there's dust and dust stuff, and right? Dirt and, like, you know, like, you can't. And again, it's different than a shooting in, like, Toronto or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, okay, I, again, because I work at Mr. X, I was like, I could probably do the eyes in post. But, like, the rest of the stuff, like, I needed to get makeup. So, like, I got this guy, like, all this bag, and I was like, all right, man, here it is. Just make it happen. And to his credit, he, he did a really good job. And sometimes there were, like, you know, six, eight, ten, twelve people addressed. And I was like, I need these people in an hour. Mm-hmm. And he was literally, like, running around. Like, these people were seated in a row, just, like, you know, like, just poking them and, like, putting stuff on them and just, like, going around around. And, like, again, indie film, like, hey, we're going to shoot in an hour. And it's six hours later, they're still sitting there. And he's like, I got to fresh another make. Like, it was, you know, it was kind of crazy. Yeah. No, it was a good look. It was a very unique look. And that's why I asked about that. As I mentioned, like, you worked on, uh, you worked with Del Toro on The Strain. And so, as a visual effects production manager, Mm -hmm. uh, you kind of have to see how, or, like, imagine how some of the visual effects and things are going to look and things like that. How is that different than when you are a director? Because you also have to be very visual and you have to kind of see things. As well, right. is it the same kind of sight, or is it a different type of visual visual visualization? Uh, I think I think it's it's quite similar. Uh, what we were lucky with is again we were shooting a lot on location as opposed to green screen. Shooting on green screen, I would imagine, would be a lot harder because like neither you or your actor has a point of reference. Yeah, you just get that little tennis ball or yeah, something in the corner. Yeah, you tennis ball most of the time, and so that that is like something that like I I think I would be like quite terrified with because literally you're shooting this just one person mm-hmm. and everything else is like yeah we'll take someone else is saying we'll take care of it but you really don't know mm-hmm. so like for me like it it, it 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 was super helpful for me to have that background because again in the essence of like saving time like i was like yes i know what i can do in post and i know what i need to get in camera and it it definitely did help me and like, but like, I think if I was on a complete green screen, I, I would, I would, I would be more, like, apprehensive about it. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, again, it's a little bit of a. I I got lucky again because I was shooting like in in these locations and like everything was there, and like the actors could kind of like just like respond to it. Mm-hmm. 
you worked with like uh, we mentioned already Del Toro on the strain. You've worked on Vikings. You worked on I think it was Max Payne. Yeah. Working with these different crews and working with these different directors, do you consider that your film school or was it always your goal to kind of initially get into like visual effects and then maybe get into directing? Like why didn't you just go into directing in the first place? I think for me, like I always, uh, like I started my career in Pakistan and I used to do something different, but like I think when it came time for me to say, okay, I want to do film and TV, I actually moved, moved back to Pakistan and I started working as an AD and I kind of moved up to to a point where I was directing some some TV stuff. But like when I look at my influences of what I really wanted to do, they were never from like Bollywood or that part of the world. I always wanted to like make stuff that like, you know, always inspired me, like which was like, you know, films from the States or European cinema or even, you know, to a certain extent, cinema from the Middle East, Mm -hmm. which is kind of rooted in some kind of social reality or is... Star Wars, you know, like something mm-hmm. science fiction. I love science fiction. This is an ignorant question, sir, before you go on, but like the films, the American films do get over to Pakistan. Like some, there's sometimes censorship in places, right? So Yeah, but like, again, like, uh, again, Pakistan, maybe like Egypt, it's like a weird place because like there, there's so much like stuff that is illegal, but it, you can get it. Like, okay, yeah. You know, there's, there's bootleg, there's mm-hmm. like you... So, like, we grew up on bootleg movies, of, you know, like Die Hard and Star Wars mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And when when uh, our parents or, like, a cousin or whatever would, like, go to the States, they would bring us back, you know, like, the VHS movies, like, the Star Wars box set or, mm-hmm. or, or like, you know, Jaws or whatever. Yeah. So, we got a really healthy kind of dose of that. And surprisingly, like, when I was growing up, like, TV in Pakistan was quite diverse. So, you would see, like, you know, TV shows from the States a lot. So... I had a fairly good pop cultural like understanding of it, and then the the next step was when I went to college. Like I went to like a really good art school in the states, and they this was pre-internet, so like you know they had a huge library mm-hmm. of like movies from all over the world, and so I I would sometimes sit there and watch movies, you know, from like Italian cinema to like you know uh, other European cinema to like uh, you know seventies movies. And it just kind of opened up my my world because I was like, oh my god! Like, because you're seeing movies in the correct aspect ratio. It's not a video. It's not like a camera print. Yeah, you're yeah. You're seeing cinematography and like am- amazing stuff that you never saw before. And so that was my influence, and I always wanted to like capture that. So like, I always gravitated towards like doing kind of those kind of things. And so when the chance came for me to come to Canada, you know, I uh, to go to film school, I did that, and then. As things happen, you kind of have to work your way up. So, like, if you want to work in the movies, then VFX is a viable thing. So, you you, you get your foot in the door. You start working. You actually make a living, mm-hmm. and then like you try to get your side projects off the ground. Yeah. So it was it was it was more like you know sometimes you have to take what you can get, and you have to like work your way up. So it's not a choice. I, I would have loved to like someone be like, hey, I'm here. Give me a directing job. Yeah. That's not how it works. It's not how it works. Right. Yeah, it's kind of like when somebody goes to medical school overseas and they kind of come here. They still have to do some tests or something, kind of get up to speed. Right. Even though it's kind of like the same body and the same type of work. Exactly. And, and you know, like I, I don't begrudge it. I think you kind of have to prove yourself and you have to show that like you can't separate yourself from the pack and you're willing to go the extra mile. Mm-hmm. So for me, like it, it's not something that like, I resent or like I feel like hard done by. Because mm-hmm. like, you know, you still get to make movies and that's 
pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. Has Del Toro seen the movie? He is not. Like, I, I know my producer is like, hey, you should, like, wait by the elevator until he comes and just slip <laughs> him a copy or something. He's always open. To s- he seems pretty open. I've never met him, but, he like. He is, but, uh, but, like, you know, it's a little bit tricky because you always meet him in, like, the environment of, like, you're representing another company. Like, you're there. as, And if you try to, you know, like, pass off something, you just never know how it's going to go. Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you, you know, you have to be a little, ca- a little cautious, mm-hmm. but I'm sure at some point, like, I will say, here, I made this movie, mm-hmm. and, like, he will be re- very responsive, because he's one of those people who's very open to, like... That's what I'm saying, yeah. Like, people who are starting out, or, like, just, like, giving advice to people, or just, like, responding to something that they've done, and he also kind of appreciates people who are tenacious. He's like, you know, yeah... If you spent 20 years or 10 years or five years making this movie, that's awesome. I want to see it. Yeah. So, like, it's going to happen. Uh, I just am waiting for the right time. All right. Fair enough. That's cool. Alter Skin is going to be playing at uh, Blood in the Snow Film Festival. It'll have its world premiere Friday, November 23 at 7 p.m. So that should be very exciting. Are you going to do a Q&A after? Or are you gonna I hope so. I, I Like, uh, I'm going to be there, and hopefully my, my lead actor and some of the other people who are in the movie will also be there along with some people from Mr. X. So I, I hope I get a chance. And uh, yeah, I will, for sure. That'll be a really cool legacy also, to just kind of have the world premiere of Blood in the Snow. That's a really good film festival. Was that chosen on purpose? Uh, I, I think uh, we definitely had that uh, festival as one on our on our list. And like, uh, you know, we're ecstatic that we are premiering there. And, uh, it, you know, like I, I couldn't ask for anything more, to be honest, to, to premiere the movie in Toronto at that festival. And, uh, you know, have so much because I, I know my producer uh, was was when the film, when he showed it to the to the programmers, the people at Blood and Snow, they were very, very, very positive about it. And we were like, this is the place we need to show our movie. Yeah. And they're I mean, you're just saying with like Del Toro being really supportive, the Blood and the Snow film people, they're really supportive, too, of like Canadian filmmakers and like horror, any of those kind of things. People are just doing some really cool creative stuff they'll find a way to support it and promote it and get it out there. Yeah, and it's not just that. I think, like, just, like, uh, just like Canadian filmmakers in general, like, you know, like, I, I know that, like, uh, other people who, uh, my friends or people I work with, you know, they're, like, uh, working on projects and they're going to be there on panels or, or other stuff just to, like, try to get their, their projects off the ground. So it definitely seems like a place where, like, people feel encouraged to, like, you know, present their work and, like, show that they can have you know they have talents they want to make movies and mm-hmm. they want to meet people who can help them make those movies and it's a good time too yeah it, uh, this is a, such an awesome time because of you know like there's so much digital content and people who are backing it like from like netflix to amazon i i know like like you know we personally work a lot with with those with those companies and like it, it's something that like is another avenue like you don't have to go the traditional route mm-hmm. and uh it, it's a it's a really awesome time if you can make it people and it's good people will find it so now that you survived making a horror film or a conspiracy thriller uh are you going to do it again or are you going to stick with some like more visual effects or what's the plan for the next little while the plan is uh i'm so lucky that like you know my work allows me to be flexible i i'm writing something right now and i hope to work with my producer again abby soon it's it's definitely has some sci-fi tinge to it, but it, this time it's set in North America, 
Uh, but you learned your lesson, eh? What's that? <laughs> you no. learned your lesson? No, <laughs> yeah. it's no, I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> I know. No, I, I will. I'll, I'll go back there to shoot a movie anytime. But mm-hmm. like, th- I just want to experience how it is shooting a movie here. I've never done it, so I want to be. I want to experience that as well, and I want to meet people like you know who I c- who can become part of my crew here and like you know work with them. So I'm working on something. Uh, I'm hoping that we can get it off the ground next year. It, it, it's similar where it has some sort of political themes but it's also sci-fi and it's also like fun and engaging so nice genre so you know hopefully you guys are looking forward to that all right cool where's your social media so the people can follow you and uh, find out more about the film and uh, upcoming screenings and stuff like that Uh, i think like uh, definitely follow like uh, pedigree entertainment my producer he's posting a lot of stuff on there and evolutionary films who've like picked up the movie for distribution Uh, they're promoting it a lot um, I hope to like diversify that more uh, because you know like uh, I've kind of left that up to them and maybe that's not the best idea. But like for sure, like I follow uh, Abby, my producer Abby Pettigreen, uh his his banner, uh, Indie Can Entertainment, and like uh, Evolution Films. You should see a lot of stuff about it, altered skin on there. It's the challenge of uh, independent film because you survive making the film, which is already a challenge in itself. Right. Now you have to promote it and get it out there. And yeah. Like, you're not even, like, done. Like, you know what I mean? No. Like, you would think, like, getting, like, shooting in Pakistan, dealing with all the latex yeah. and get all the makeup and all these issues and stuff. Oh, you can rest now. You no, can't. No, <laughs> like, no, no, You got to no. keep rolling. Yeah, because, yeah. like, that's the only way of where people will, like, help you get your next film made because, like, they want to know that you have made a movie that, like, you know, either did well or people have seen or they've heard about. And that's what that's what your cachet is. It's always about the next movie mm-hmm. to an extent. Once you're done with the movie, it's like like how how can I how can I make this work for me so that I can make another movie. Mm-hmm. All right, but for now, your current movie, Altered Skin, is as I said, is having its world premiere on Friday, November twenty three at seven p.m. at Blood in the Snow. You can follow all the information as well on bloodinthesnow.ca. Thank you so much for coming in and hanging out and like. Yeah, this is awesome. Thanks a lot. Like. Uh, uh, thanks for doing this and had a good time. All right, cool. Thank you. All right, thanks. So all the details are at bloodinthesnow.ca. Get on that. And it, Blood in the Snow runs November 22 to November 27. It's all at the Royal Cinema. My name is Sammy. You can follow me on the Twitter at my pal Sammy. This has been my summer layer.